Hey everybody, it's Chris and Rick Talk Guitars, remote style. Uh, that's Chris over there. Howdy. Hi. Hi. And I'm Rick. And um, it's been a while, man. We've been kind of dealing with technical issues and, and the whole lockdown stuff, but uh, we really wanted to get back on the, on the track and talk about guitar stuff. So Chris and I got together and, and decided to try to patch this thing together. What, so what have you been up to, man, since we've talked not as much guitar wise as i had hoped but i'm finally in the last couple of weeks i kind of circled back and i'm starting to spend some more time with the guitar which is great so yeah i'm doing now i'm doing some recording like just little pieces of stuff that i'm digging around with like via garage band drums and just like kind of soundtracky stuff and that's been really fun and that's been occupying a lot of my time so that's where i'm at how about you that's awesome. Um, I've been buying a lot of stuff online, <laughs> like, you know, phasers and, and nut files and all kinds of crazy shit because uh, it's funny. But um, yeah, so I bought a small stone that you turned me on to and a, and a phase 90, did the old uh, AB test and of course the small stone one, but uh, they're both cool. I dig them. And also just geeking out on, uh, yeah, like you kind of just plugging in and, and playing trying to kind of explore different songs that, and learn other songs that I haven't learned in a long time. And yeah, just kind of trying to stay with it and, and keep the guitar vibe going, you know, but yeah, I, I miss our chats and just, you know, shooting the shit about guitar stuff. So uh, to that point, we, you know, Chris and I always like to talk about tone, guitar tone. I think it's just a topic that among guitar players anyway. Um, but we thought it'd be fun to just talk about guitar tone and, and in our style, just freeform stuff. So to start it off, like one of my things about guitar tone is, especially with you know players that I admire, is most of the time anyway. I think their initial guitar tone is my favorite guitar tone that they have, and I don't know why that is, but oftentimes you know they use kind of this weird makeshift setup, but it just sounds cool and unique, and and I, I get attached to that. And then they, as musicians and artists, they go on this journey of finding tone or whatever is in their head and in my opinion a lot of times it's it's kind of fruitless because the tone they had initially is what i really dig you know what do you think about that philosophy i kind of see what you're saying and i was wondering as you were saying that if it might partly be because you get so used to the what their initial tone and it's that that's what where you come to love the band at and when they get out of that you know it might be pine for the old thing it's just like everything about this you know the old pedals are better the old blah blah is better but there might be part of that but some of it is you know in an artist's career early on they're super inspired too so yeah. their playing is like you know like the, let's take the you know van halen or something you know those first van halen records i mean that's you know the brown sound and and how great the tone is on that record but his playing was so inspired almost it was like you know revolutionary and he was super inspired, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know, because I know you've mentioned before when you were talking about people's tones changing in in your mind being in a negative way, you've mentioned Van Halen. Like once he went through the yep. whole PV, you know, saga, the Ernie Ball and PV, it's like his tone kind of wasn't as, you know, warm and fat or whatnot. And part of it might be inspirational playing right off the bat. I think there might be something to that for sure. But but I, I do think just listening to those first two albums, listening to the guitar sound, and comparing it to like the stuff when he, he was doing when he started to work with PV or whoever on his own amps and his own guitars, to me, 
his sound just became more generic. It just became more like every other heavy metal guitar player's sound, you know, in many ways. Um, and the cool thing to me about his initial sound is it is just this weird confluence of that, that old Marshall Plexi he used and that weird Variac he used, and then that Phase 90, you know, that was kind of the foundation of his sound. And it, to me, it's just this breathing, crazy, cool, alive sound that that I, I think he got away from in, in his later guitar sounds. But you're right. I mean, part of that might be just my my fondness for those albums. And, 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 and also, like you say, exactly. I mean, they were just young shits pull piss and vinegar and 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 it was new and he was inspired and it's like wow i, I think that's part of it but i don't know man i, I really think I, i'm gonna have to do more a b tests but i think just listening to those sounds I, I still think the best guitar sound he got was that initial guitar sound it's just so freaking cool and and then also that just that guitar right that guitar was just it was made up of seconds of Bournemouth or, or Charvel or whatever it was. And then that funky pickup that, that he just slapped in there and screwed to the, the wood. I just think all those things just, you know, created this cool, funky new sound, you know, that for a guitar. And then t- tuning down a half step, all that stuff, whatever. But yeah, I, I just, I, I have such a fond fondness for that guitar sound. I just think it's so cool. Those songs too. I mean, that's a big part of it. For me personally, looking at the career of Van Halen, I love the first two records. Beyond that, not so much. And yeah. especially later, you know, in, in the later years when he was, by the time he was into PV, I don't really, not even really that familiar with any of that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it, tone is so much integrated into the song. You know, I, I get an example, just probably maybe within the last two weeks, I was watching some YouTube clip. I don't know what it was, but it had, as a backing track, it had a, a late era ACDC song. So it must have been probably maybe from the early 2000s or something like like that. I don't know the the song. And the guitar tone was like that perfect modern breakup guitar tone. And I just, it just dawned on me. It's like, this sounds nothing like that organic killer sound from those first ACDC records. There was just something to that sound that it's kind of, it's not perfect. It's kind of off. It's organic. And just the way like Angus Young's vibrato is on those old records is completely different than it is now in the context of modern recording practices and getting like the perfect drum sound, the perfect guitar sound. It just kind of loses something. And again, I found myself wondering, is that because of the sound of these the recording methods or is it because of the songs? Because by this point, the ACDC songs are kind of generic. Here's an ACDC song, you know, like slide in the framework when back in those early records, they were still kind of really into it and really inspired. There it is again. Angus Young doesn't sound like I remember him sounding. I mean, he's got a killer vibrato. It was there, but it was kind of just glossy, and it didn't have any of that like kind of like warmness to it that I really was drawn to his playing from. Now, that's an interesting way to look at it, too, is also just maybe an artist that is, has been around that long, too. Like you're saying, when you're young, you're inspired and you're playing differently. Maybe he's kind of trying too hard to sound like himself. You know what I mean? Like, I know, you know, and that might be an, another weird thing that artists come up against, too. It's like, I, look, I've been doing this for 30, 40 years. You know, I have a sound. I have a way of playing. And, and maybe part of it is just them being trapped into their own mental thing of saying, I need to sound like Angus Young or something. But I, th- I also do think though there's a separate sonic uh, evaluation that can go on aside from the songs and aside from that stuff that just 
listening to the early tone of somebody and and the current tone, you know, just on a sonic level. And like again, like you were saying, I agree totally with like this striving for perfection in sounds. I think to me, it leaves me cold because the thing that I love about older recordings or even newer recordings that don't focus so much on perfection is the overtones or just maybe some phasing that goes on with with slightly out of tune stuff or, or just that stuff, which I think adds more character to recordings or just drum sound, drum levels in the mix, right? It's like, I hated it once the drums became a focus of a song, right? From from a, a, a level perspective. It's like, well, you know, that's weird. Like, if you listen to old recordings, the drum the drums are set in that mix just right. They're driving, the, they're driving it, but they're not the focus of the sound. Right. So anyway, I think there's a separate sonic evaluation that can go on aside from I think these are interesting points because it's making me think about, you're, you're right. I mean, there's, there's, there's these other factors that we can talk about that might affect the tone of somebody's playing or, or sound, you know? Yeah. Once they started taking like two weeks to get drum sounds, <laughs> it kind of changed forever. I mean, the kind of guitar tone that still to this day turns my head, if I'm like doing something and something comes on and I start becoming aware of a guitar sound, it's, it's always something old. And, and I'll own to the fact that a lot of that has to do with that nostalgia factor, but a lot of it is just the way those records sound. I mean, old blues records, they just sound amazing. And you're and you're right, the the drums sound like they're just in a room and they're putting down the backbeat and the groove of the song, and it's like all they need. And the guitar sounds in particular, there's not the perfect distortion. One of the things I, that just drives me nuts is overdrive pedals when you can hear the pedal giving the drive there's no way to escape that if you're playing around the house or you you know you just want to get a, some sustain from your rig when you got to do it quietly but on a record or you know live or something when i hear like drive from a overdrive pedal it just drives me nuts because my focus is this organic guitar tone that you know there's no difference between clean and dirty it's just what it is and it's, you know, that you can hear the amp working, you can feel the amp working. And that's my basis for all guitar tone that like kind of moves me. I'm outside of that. If there's something that's really weird sounding, which there was a lot in the 60s and 70s, that yeah. is really super cool too. Listen to the, you know, the first Led Zeppelin record there, that guitar tone is great, but it's so weird from nobody would make a record like that today. They'd be going that that guitar is too shrill it's too blah blah it's not you know it's not breaking up properly it's kind of farty and it's it's pretty incredible and i'd love to see us going back to that where it's just like we don't want the perfect overdrive we don't want the perfect drum sound we want the sound of drums in a room so you kind of get that excitement like you're there and just give us a backbeat and lay some you know organic guitar over top of it that moves me that type of stuff yeah i totally agree and I love uh, what you said about you know, the, the the sound of, of those pedals doing the, the distortion. It reminds me of, I forget what session it was, but Clapton was playing. And you know, he was he was at a volume where he was working the amp to get his tone, you know. And the engineer or somebody's like, no, this you, it's way too loud. You can't do that. And he's like, yeah, this is my sound. It's like, so <laughs> figure out a way to record it. And they did, right? And it's like, they figured out a way and it sounds amazing. I, I thought about this a lot too. There is nostalgia, but just because things evolve, it doesn't mean it's better, you know? Or just because things evolve doesn't mean you know it's an improvement what's what's kind of cool too is is we've seen these uh patterns in in music in genres and stuff too right like some of these younger artists that are that are buying these 
or, or like like we talked about before, like punk or something else, where people were picking up these old instruments that were considered student models and then made them popular, right? And and they they were attracted to these things. A, because they were cheap, but B, they liked them because they were quirky sounding, right? Like an old Mustang or whatever, or or an old Unibox or some of these old or, or old amps. Or It kind of gives me some encouragement that, that some people along the way kind of get it. And, and then just recording methods, right? Some people have, have gone back to just like, okay, we're all in a room, we're all playing live, let's record it, let's lay it down, you know, and then mix it. And so for guitar sounds and guitar tones, I'm the same way. I just feel like if you can get these organic sounds, you know, it it just moves me the same way it moves you. And yeah, I, I, the striving for perfection and, and eliminating overtones or any of this other stuff, you know, the recordings leave me cold. I I don't, I don't, I'm not moved by them at all. You know? Right. I have a friend who, um, speaking of tone, he coined, I think he coined this term. He calls it tone sleuthing, which (laughs) means, you know, that constant, search for the like the perfect tone and when i think i think it's a great term but when i think about that i think about the way that a guitar player approaches tone usually for everybody it doesn't matter if you get it from gear or if you get it from your actual playing it's like a lifelong quest and for me that has always been um you know i'm really into gear but what i'm looking for out of the gear is for the gear to pull the tone out of me and not for me to necessarily find something that I plug into and I have that tone. I was kind of phrased this as a question and it was going to be, what do you think of this? How does this relate to you? In the context of gear, and you've been collecting gear lately, do you see that as something that you're looking for a tone out of or you're looking for it to get a tone out of you? It's kind of the winded way of what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, I think the latter. I think that's a great way to look at it. Is I'm not. Yeah, I'm looking for different pieces of gear that. Yeah, will will get will will elicit that from me. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to look at it. A lot of people are of the mind, and I'm kind of that way too. Is where you know tone is in the fingers, and it's in the way you play. And yeah, I I, I think that's exactly how I would look at it too. Is and and the quest is cool. I mean, we all do it. You and I both. Have, have done it. I mean, I, you know, I had gear that I wish I still had because I, I think about how it sounded and, and I really long for that. So, and, but, but I, you know, I went on my whole journey, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, I started out with a Marshall half stack and then I went to all these other amps, like, you know, you name it. I mean, I tried them all or not all, but a lot of them. And I think you, you've gone through the similar uh, journeys as well. But, and so, I mean, we're always looking for that, but I think, I think your philosophy is so cool. I, cause I, and I agree with it. I think we're just looking for pieces of gear that will draw things out of us rather than it imposing a tone on us as players. Right. I'm not one of those people that will audition tone caps in my guitar because I don't think they make any bit of difference as far as what I'm looking for or, you know, pickups. I mean, if I have a guitar that I really like and it's not quite there, I might swap the pickups out. But usually, I like the guitar as it is, and the reason I it ended up in my possession was because it's a cool guitar, and I think I can make it work for what I do. So I'm not, like, on a constant hunt for the perfect pickups, the perfect tone caps, the perfect overdrive, the perfect this or that. It's more like, you know, when I look for things, I look for something like, that's cool that like, you know, I get this new thing and suddenly I go a different direction in things that I'm able to get. And being like a home recordist is really cool because that makes me kind of like 
by default, a tone sleuth because, you know, it's one thing to get a, a really good tone that you're happy with and playing live. And for me, it's pretty easy now because I've been doing it for so long. But every single song that you record is a little bit different. And sometimes you need to get something that just fits the song better. And that's where tone sleuthing comes into it for me. And sometimes the, the way that you go about that in a recording context is completely different than what you would think. I mean, you're listening to what you're playing in the room and it sounds like complete shit, but you hear it in the track and it sounds, it's perfect. It's perfect for the song. You hit on another good perspective. There's live sound and there's recorded sound. And I think as you were talking about Paige's sounds on the Zeppelin records, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, he was trying to find these sounds that fit these songs. They weren't your perfect guitar sound or whatever the perfect guitar sound is nowadays, but they fit the songs. And like you said, nowadays, some, some engineer would go, oh, my God, that guitar sounds like shit. It, it, that's, that's not the case. It, it sounds great in the context of that particular song. And, and so I think that's a great observation. And, and uh, again, that, that's what I dig in terms of tone for any instrument or, you know, or placement in a mix or any of that other stuff. And so, again, like, I, I, just, I just really I don't like this striving for perfection in tones or sounds because i think it i think it just sterilizes everything and then because because those other things to me add these weird indefinable emotional elements to a song or or a, or a composition and and if you take them away then you just have this weird sterile i don't know it's it's weird it's hard to describe but i think you get it and i think other people get it too and so those are the people I'm drawn to, are the people who who get that, who have that philosophy, who get it, and try, and and uh, strive for these sounds, like you were saying, that are might not necessarily sound great on their own or isolated, but man, in that mix, they sound so great. I mean, it's it becomes it it, it elevates the song, it, and it just fits that particular context. So. And they become defining tones too. And another generation of people doing recordings will like bring these records in and say. I like this sound right here. How do we get this sound right here? I love this discussion, man, because I, I, I think it is, it's a multifaceted thing that a lot of us don't think about all the time, about tone. And, and again, I think of some of the my favorite tones, like Leslie West playing through that junior and that weird PA system that he bought. It wasn't a guitar amp. It was a PA system that he was playing through. And it just sounds amazing. Or one of my favorite guitar tones is Andy Summers' early stuff with The Police, where he's playing through a Marshall half stack and that weird telly with all the weird electronics inside of it. But he got a great sound. And I was telling you, I saw them later several years ago and their reunion tour, and he was playing all these Mesa Boogie, this whole Mesa Boogie rig. And it, his sound was totally different. It didn't sound like Andy Summers to me, you know? It didn't sound like him playing through that Marshall half stack with his that old telly. It just sounded, it sounded weird. Which is interesting because it brings us back to what we're talking about. It's like, is it the is it in the hands or is it in the in the gear? It's I don't think it's that black and white. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, it's an interesting topic, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think I do think a lot of it is in the hands. You know, I, I think it, with gear, you you can sound different and and not better or improved in some ways. And I for for me. But again, you know, I mean, maybe some of this is psychological, you know, it's like I just I remember these sounds like uh, or, or like James Honeyman Scott got a cool sound and he was playing through a bunch of weird stuff back then. But I don't know. I, I just think it's fascinating to think about and talk about. And I think we've come up with some interesting takes on 
on it just other than just talking about gear i mean there there's these the psychological aspect and then there's you know how we think about us interacting with our gear you know right yeah what other what other guitar tones that from the past or, or present can you think of that you really dig that kind of fit into what we're talking about god there's so many and i have like a whole room full of records here i'm looking at but i'm probably not going to come up with one i mean again i like any of the like the old blues records like a lot of the old soul records have really great guitar tones and when you talk about rock there's so much stuff from the 60s yeah. through you know the 80s that just i mean the 80s had like i'm not just talking about like you know what was on the radio in the 80s but there's like there's some great sounding records back then. Um, if I could think of an example right now, I would. Oh, I have an, an Only Ones record from then, this band called The Only Ones. And I that has some really cool, like, 80s guitar rock sounds on it, pop rock sounds. But, yeah, but again, you know, I always wonder, is this just because, you know, the nostalgia factor? <laughs> but since things were completely recorded completely differently back then, you know, to now and the approach to record making a record back then was completely different than it is now for the most part. Then I think there's something in there that, you know, it's like we've evolved and maybe I just don't like where we've evolved to. Yeah. So I don't know. Get off yeah, my I, think, I think that's where my head's at too. I mean I, I think about it I think most people think of evolution as improving but that's not necessarily the case. And, and I, I'm kind of of that mind too, in terms of recording and, and gear sounds and stuff like that. I, I have heard some newer sounds that I dig. There's a band called Krungbin or Krung, I don't know what, how to pronounce it, but they're like this trio and they do this surf kind of quasi surf music. And the guy plays just through a reissued strat with some aftermarket pickups. And then uh, like a Fender Silverface reissue something but he gets a great guitar sound. It's super cool. It's it's very, you know, I mean, granted, they're playing kind of something that is hearkening back to, you know, surf music, but it right. sounds great. He gets a great tone. He gets a great sound, and I dig it a lot. And the band itself just sounds really cool. Um, and so I, I think there are other current players that I, I'm i digging, um, you know, because of their sound and because of the tones they're getting. So that's encouraging, I think. It's worth pointing out, too, that, you know, we're just talking in general terms because I actually know people who are like engineers and like producers now that actually approach making a record the way that they did back yeah. in the 60s, and 70s. I mean, it's just that they hold they strive for that and their stuff sounds really cool. You, yeah. you can still do it. I mean, even with the technology we have right now, you can still get a lot of elements of that music that, you know, we're. The, what that they got back then just by approaching the process from an old school way which is cool I, i'm really thankful for that that there's still a lot of people into that yeah me too and that's a good point and you know it's not like the whole you know it's not like wholesale everything's gone that way and that's that's another thing i dig too are the people that are still kind of even with the modern technology and digital and all this other stuff still trying to get um these organic sounds that that so many of us really appreciate. I think this is cool. I, it, it took directions that I didn't think we were going to go in, but I think it's totally cool because I think everything we talked about was valid with regard to tone. And I mean, you and I, you know, we love mid-rangey guitar sounds that are, you know, not the the smiley face with a bunch of bass and treble. 
you know, I, I there are all kinds of guitar sounds that I love that aren't necessarily that way either. But I think it's cool. I think it's cool to think about tone from from these perspectives, man. I agree. Well, cool. Well, it's good to be back, man. It's good to talk to you, man. I, I've missed our conversations, and we're going to try to get back on track with with this stuff because we really enjoy it. And and uh, but it's just been weird times. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep plugging away, man. Um, you got anything else to say? No, not really. I mean, I could talk about this shit for a lot longer. <laughs> There's no clue at this point. Well, let's wrap this one up, man, and we'll do another one. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Um, check us out on social media, and uh, we're gonna keep plugging away on these things. And uh, Chris, why don't you sign us off? Thanks for listening. Be safe. Be well. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks, man. Yeah.